This is a podcast where a real medical professional and me, an absolutely unqualified amateur, discuss fake medical emergencies. Obviously, this podcast is no substitute for actual medical advice. If you think you're having a medical emergency, please seek out real medical attention. And if you're going to listen to this in the ER waiting room, then for the love of God, put in headphones. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. My name is Jackson Vane. I'm Johnny Kolosinski, and this is a podcast about bad medicine. Uh, we are here just to talk to you every week about the bad medicine that we see in film and TV, and sometimes the good stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm Johnny Kolosinski. I'm a podcast host, writer for Screen Rant, and some other entertainment sites, and just all-around entertainment junkie. I'm uh, Jackson Vane. I'm a local pediatric ER doctor here. Um, not only am I a doctor, I played one on TV as well. So nothing more fun than kind of talking about this medicine that we see on TV and then just kind of breaking it apart as well. This is our first episode of this podcast, so we'll be kind of ironing out the kinks. And you can hear us speaking at San Diego Comic-Con uh, on our panel, Hi Everybody, Bad Medicine in Film and TV. Uh, time and date still to be announced, you can find this podcast on Twitter right now at Hi Everybody MD. So, what do you want to talk about for this inaugural episode, Jackson? So, good. I think a good place to start is just uh, one that was a, a big subject of debate amongst our friends uh, is the Pulp Fiction scene where Uma Thurman overdoses and gets a nice stab in her heart to bring her back to life. And there's so much wrong with it. Uh, let's so what she what does she overdose on and how does that happen? So uh, the scene kind of breaks down with her rummaging around a junkie's house, thinking that she found this white powder that was cocaine, but it turned out to be heroin, and then she ended up snorting it. She snorted it. She started feeling really weird and just drops dead. And the junkie pulls out a, a nice little kit, says it's adrenaline, and then has John Travolta take a big needle and stab her right in the chest with it. And that's what seemingly brings her back to life. And there is way, way too many things wrong with it. Just even starting with them taking the giant needle and stabbing her in the quote-unquote breastplate, which I've never seen a breastplate before. Um, there's a lot of squishy stuff, and there's some hard things in there, but not quite a plate. There's not a breastplate. No. Um, well, first off, what would be the difference between snorting cocaine and snorting heroin? So the difference between cocaine and heroin, it's black and white, basically. It's night and day. Cocaine is a stimulant. It really just turns everything up. It's almost like getting adrenaline. It acts on all of your um, epinephrine and norepinephrine adrenergic receptors and just makes you go crazy and hyper, but it also makes you really happy too. This podcast brought to you by cocaine. Yep, that's why I'm talking so fast and so energetically. But heroin is the opposite. It's an opioid, so that kind of turns everything down and it helps with numbing the pain, uh, turns down the volume on everything, kind of makes everything just more dull. But it also kind of depresses your respiratory system and makes you not breathe really well. And that's really what kills you is you're not breathing well. And that means you're not, your heart slowly starts pumping because it's not getting the oxygen it needs. And then that's when you die. So we assume that Uma Thurman's character is familiar with cocaine and not a heroin user just based on her reaction. Right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the situation here. 
the thing with being opiate naive, as probably Uma Thurman is in this case, even though she does look like she probably has used a lot of drugs, not Uma Thurman, but the character, um, she, you only need a little bit to go a long way. The reason why we see a lot of celebrities or people in the news dying is because usually they took heroin or some kind of other opiate like oxycodone or suboxone and then went off of it for a while and then thought that they needed to use the same amount to get the same amount of high. But that turns out to be way too much and that's what gets them. Um, so it, you build up a tolerance mm-hmm. and then your tolerance is gone. And then you go back to the same amount you were doing before and that's enough to get you. Got it. Um, so would adrenaline be the right drug for them to administer here? It, granted that it's 1994. No, it, it's a good support drug, but it's not the cure. Um, if she was having a slow heart rate, maybe. But if she's having difficulty breathing and all that stuff, this is not the right drug. The drug you should be using is naloxone, which mm-hmm. is really commonly um, accessible now uh, since the opioid crisis. There's that, been a lot. That's Narcan, right? Narcan is the one that's the the trade name mm-hmm. we we see it a lot more in drugstores because uh, because so many people are on opioids of, of some sort and they're overdosing and it can be given so many different ways and um we i've given it a few times i think case in point i had a patient when um the nurses were yelling at me saying hey we found some guy who's blue in subway i think he's um dead and i go okay well, what's the situation? He had a needle in his arm. They brought him in. They put him into the pulse oximetry, which measures how much oxygen is in your blood. And his was 50%. And I go, oh, crap, this guy's pretty dead. But let me give him some Narcan. And I took a needle, not a gigantic needle like John Travolta had, but I stabbed it into his leg. Stabbed it into his leg. He was actually getting CPR because his heart rate was so low. His heart rate was in the low 30s, which isn't enough to pump blood through your system. So we were doing CPR. And in a matter of probably five seconds, he just took a huge gasp of air and the first thing out of his mouth was just swearing me swearing at me using many terms that i can't say on this podcast right now but i brought him back (laughs) um so the instantaneousness of it had they used narcan would have been similar to what's in the movie it's pretty fast it's shockingly how um fast uh how fast it works Mm -hmm. you don't expect it to go that fast but it's a life-curing medication but for certain cases, you do need to use epinephrine afterward, but it's more for support. And what does epinephrine do? Epinephrine is adrenaline, right? Epinephrine is adrenaline. Um, it's, a, it's a term that we tend to use more often than adrenaline. But it, it causes vasoconstriction. It also stimulates cardiac activity as well. It kind of makes your heart pump. So in cases of CPR, where if we had a patient coming in in cardiac arrest... After we do a couple rounds of CPR, if they're not back, the first medication we use is epinephrine. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the second and third medication we use is epinephrine if their heart rates or the rhythm of their heart is not conducive to any other medication. So if I was doing a CPR or a code on a child, I've given multiple rounds of epinephrine, and that's the only thing that really works. Okay. Um, so epinephrine... Definitely useful, but not necess- not necessarily useful in this situation not as a in, primary. No, and especially not in the heart. Because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is stab anything into the heart that can puncture a hole in it. Because mm-hmm. um, you're going to get into a situation called pericardial tamponade. Or, and that essentially is filling up the heart sac with blood. And the more blood that fills up in that heart sac, the less room for the heart to contract. And if your heart can't contract and pump blood through your system, you're going to die. 
Don't confuse that with pericardial tapenade, which is a blend of olives and heart that you put on uh, which bruschetta. Oh, which tastes so bad. If you if you want it to be briny, yeah, briny I mean, and bloody. If you want it to be briny and bloody, that is a great way to do it. Uh, so that gigantic needle, mm-hmm. which is, I think you said when we were uh, talking about this beforehand. So much bigger than anything you would have actually used. Yeah, it's so much bigger, and that would have gone straight through Uma Thurman. Um, you probably would have hit the floor mm-hmm. with how much force <laughs> he was using. And um, I was surprised that after the stab and when she came back to life, there wasn't blood around the site. Because mm-hmm. now you have a beating heart, and you would think with all that beating, with now with the heart that's beating quite forcefully and quite fast... Blood should be at least oozing out of the needle site, or even out of the needle itself going into the syringe. Okay. And also, they could have nicked some grape vessels, too, and that could have been a bad thing. Uh, so, what you're saying is that, for once, Quentin Tarantino made a scene that wasn't bloody enough. Yeah. I wanted it to be way bloodier. I wanted more blood from the heart, the chest, coming out of her nose, out of her mouth, everywhere. Which is funny, too, because... She shouldn't be having blood coming out of... Well, she had blood coming out of her nose, but maybe from all the use of cocaine, but we also use cocaine to stop nosebleeds, too. That's so interesting to me. Yeah. That that cocaine is a cure for nosebleeds, and that's not something I knew in middle school. No. Uh, I would have been much more popular. Yeah. You could have just snorted some cocaine, stopped the bleeding there. We use it for cut... Or we used to use it on cuts for kids all the time. That's... So, you're... Little Timmy comes in uh, with with a bad gash on his knee, and... Uh, let's do some cocaine about it. So we used to use a medicine called TAC, which is tetracaine, adrenaline, which we were talking about, and cocaine. Um, the adrenaline and the cocaine both work to v- cause vasoconstriction. Vasoconstriction means? Um, the blood vessels just close up. Okay. Or at least constrict to the point where there's no more bleeding. And that makes it a lot easier to sew up a, a wound. Because mm-hmm. a pulsatile, well, not pulsatile, but a really oozy bloody cut is really hard to find the edges and really sew up nicely but it's a really hard sell to parents sometimes when you're trying to go hey i'm gonna give your kids some cocaine to and stop we'll all have a better time we'll have a great time I'll, it'll make my hands a little shaky but it'll make <laughs> it look real nice but we weren't supposed to use it on mucous membranes like inside of your lip or in your nose because of obvious reasons yeah because they they'd absorb the cocaine and all of a sudden i then i have to use other medications to calm mm-hmm. them down and then probably call security because they'll have the rage of god yeah yeah or he'll just start you know trading bitcoin <laughs> um but yeah that it was a i mean the other things that i saw in there that was kind of weird was how long they were discussing to who was going to give the medication and mm-hmm. it might seem a little trivial just kind of looking at it because you know it's a scene they're trying to build up tension and drama and whatnot but we're always taught in the er time is brain mm-hmm. so the longer you're spending not making sure that blood is reaching the brain or at least oxygenated blood is blood is reaching the brain the, the um, you're losing precious brain cells so they're arguing meanwhile while they're arguing about who's going to plunge this needle into her chest her brain just slowly turned into mush and just getting more and more anoxic, which means lack of oxygen or no mm-hmm. oxygen. Um, and then they finally stabbed her chest and she just wakes up screaming and they ask her what's the first thing, or what, can you say something? And I thought she was just going to go Meh, or moan or something, but she said a couple words. So, so that minute of time that they spend, is it can be life or death. Okay. Um, they've There are instances where patients who drop dead in public and receive bystander CPR do worse than patients who just have sudden cardiac 
arrest or drop dead in the hospital because the time to CPR is that different. Mm-hmm. So if you drop dead in the hospital, you get CPR pretty quick. If you drop dead in the public, people are going to call for help or look around and not start CPR right away. So that maintenance of blood reaching your brain is really what's going to predict your outcome in the long run. Um, anything else? So we mentioned a little bit. One of the things that stuck out to me was when she sits up so quickly, yeah. the needle just dangling out of her chest. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, if she sat up that quickly and she's moving around, I'm surprised she took a big breath because this could have caused her to have um, a collapsed lung. Mm-hmm. The needle going through the, the lung. The needle going through the, the lung to the heart. Um, she's clearly not in pain, but that could be part of the fight or flight thing mm-hmm. from the adrenaline. But then we don't know exactly where the adrenaline got injected to. Because the way John Travolta was holding the needle and the syringe, his thumb was right on top of the plunger. And that forceful motion... The plunger gets pushed with that kind of forceful motion, and that could have been injected anywhere. Um, it could have been all outside of her body for all we knew. But also, if you look at the video one more time, they drew up very little into the syringe, and then the, when it's hanging out of her chest, you see that's not even plunged at all. It's still kind mm-hmm. of open a little bit. But the big concern, at least when he injected it, is they're aiming for the heart, but there's a chance that it could have just went into her chest cavity and did absolutely... And then use, useless. Yep. Where So... Would a layman be more likely to find a vein in the leg or... So you're not really aiming for a vein in the leg. You're aiming for the muscle. Okay. So as long as it hits the muscle, you can do chest compressions and blood will still circulate through and move all that medicine from the muscle to where it needs to go. But because in your chest you've got the cavity for your lungs to expand, there's not as much useful muscle to inject into there's there's actually nothing to inject to other than just lung you're either going to hit the heart you're going to hit the lung or if you stab super deep using that needle you might get hit the floor you hit the floor yeah or even the aorta uh, Mm -hmm. depending on where exactly they were going um and also with that force of motion i'm more impressed that he did not hit a rib or a sternum um because and break the needle and break the needle yeah that's like an old-timey needle too it was a very thick old-timey needle and I think on the side it says for movie use only to on the syringe oh, if you look really funny. closely. Which, I mean, they used it for what it was for. Um, so let's go to the part of the show where we tell Quentin Tarantino how to do his job. Okay. Uh, how would you improve this from a medical standpoint and still keep the stakes as high? I mean, the stakes can still be high because it depends on how much he used. Um you can always give one dose of Narcan, and mm-hmm. that can reverse everything. But if you have a lot in your system, Narcan's very short-acting. So it can, what Narcan does is it specifically keeps... It specifically binds to the opi- like the receptors, the mm-hmm. opiate-involving receptors. It doesn't like maintain your heart rate. It doesn't maintain your blood pressure. Its sole job is to make sure that the opiates in your system don't do its job. And that's any opiates. Any opiates. doesn't so, matter if it's heroin. So your body on can make endogenous opioids. So if you're in a lot of pain, sometimes that pain goes away. That's because of opioid dump. Like kids will get like certain conditions where they get um, like conditions like intussusception where their intestines telescope in and out and they get such a huge opioid dump in their body that they stop breathing for a little bit. And um, they've actually done tests where they give those kids Narcan and it reverses them. But they're in a whole crap load of pain. Because because all of their the natural pain oh, blockers are, are also blocked. blocked. Yeah. Uh, so is is that why is that one of the reasons that people die of shock, or is shock different? 
shock's different. Okay. Um, I think in this situation, at least for ov- overdoses of heroin, it's mm-hmm. mainly respiratory depression that causes you to die mm-hmm. because you haven't breathing long enough, so your brain eventually goes yeah night night forever. So, but I guess if you want to raise the stakes, it depends on how much opioid she took. Naloxone is so readily available. They could easily take a gigantic needle if they want and stab it into the leg, and it would be the same kind of medical effect, um, but not so much as a cinematic effect. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you're stabbing into a leg. There's no stakes there. You can, Or you can have them snort it, mm-hmm. so you'll actually take it into a needle and spray it into their nose and hope they're snorting it if they're still breathing. You can put it under their tongue. And that also works, too. Or even if they had the needle already still dangling out of their arm, mm-hmm. pull out the plunger, put in... Put in the Narcan. Put in the Narcan, slam the rest in. That'll work, too. Epinephrine, we use that as a maintenance medication afterward. I mean, but that doesn't sound as exciting. But mm-hmm. if you want to turn up the stakes, you can say they were driving down, I don't know, the 405 and trying to get to the next place, and all of a sudden... The Narcan's wearing off. And she's ODing and again, she's still, despite the fact that she hasn't she, done any drugs in two hours. She's still breathing slowly. She could have had some leftover stuff in her nose. Who knows? Um, so so that would be the, the biggest easy change yeah. of just... Switch. Was, was Narcan something that was as prevalent in 94? Or, well, obviously not as prevalent because ODing I mean, was I don't prevalent. think... It, I'm, that I can't really tell you. I'm mm-hmm. not exactly sure about that. I know it's a lot more prevalent now or at least more easily accessible. Um, you can go to the like any drugstore down the street and ask for Narcan without a prescription. And I think that's one of the big changes. At least in most states, you can actually ask for that medication without prescription. No questions asked. You just have it ready somewhere um and i would assume in this drug den they should have it but they don't make the wisest decisions so no who knows yeah i mean the the but to be fair he was prepared he had a whole kit with adrenaline and a needle and a syringe all ready to go cracks it open the minute he saw her drop yeah it, it's it's like having your earthquake preparedness kit yeah. only for uma thurman correct uma thurman's character i'm not saying she's a druggie yeah uma thurman's character um so, change it up, change it up to Narcan, and pretty much everything can be the same yeah. from from that perspe- from the stakes perspective. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think the stakes are still high because you have someone who's going to die because they're not breathing anymore. And you saw, like at least in the scene, she wasn't breathing. They didn't check a pulse or anything like that. They just saw that she wasn't breathing, mm-hmm. and that that was the stakes. Right. Someone's gonna die if you don't do something. Uh, so they would have needed Narcan, and they would have needed CPR to really make that. Yeah. Accurate. Not delaying, because time equals brain. So the more time you spend not doing something, the more the the odds go up that she is going to die. Um. Okay. So anything else you want to add about this scene? No, I think we covered pretty much the biggest stuff. Yeah. Um. I mean, I wrote other notes like she wasn't she wasn't blue enough, but I mean it. It's a minor quibble. It's a, it, it's a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. I mean, she didn't end up like my guy from Subway who was just really dead and really blue. But he, we didn't know how long he was down for. But he was still barely breathing when he came in. So if he had stopped breathing completely, he would have been a goner. Well, glad he's not. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to judge on him, but eh, we'll see. All right, so... Um, like I said, this is our first episode. Uh, we'll be aiming to have more every week. And if, you want, if you're coming to Comic-Con and you want to check us out, we'll be announcing the time of our panel uh, probably sometime in the next week or so. Uh, in the meantime, follow us uh, on Twitter 
at Hi Everybody MD. And if you're listening on iTunes or uh, Stitcher or anything like that, do us a favor and give us a rating. Yep, that would be great. Um, you can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Jackson Vane. And you can follow Johnny at... At Cycloptico, C-Y-C-L-O-P-T-I-K-O. I'll be talking about uh, various video game stuff and cryptocurrency stuff and this podcast. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, look forward to doing more in the future. If you have any suggestions or anything like that, feel free to let us know yeah. and we'll go from there. Yep. Thanks, folks.